So um, this morning we're talking about Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah 40 was written to people who um, are much like us today. Uh, it's written to a people who are really an anxiety-ridden people. Um, there is a sense of anxiety about the present and future political context that is unstable, unexpected, and uneasy to manage. Um, the people must all individually decide about their own futures. Will they stay in Babylon even when this new power has come in and they have no idea what it means now that it has been conquered? Can they stay present with this new kingdom? What will happen to them if they do stay? What will happen to them if they decide rather to return to Jerusalem to try to rebuild their lives there? They all must decide individually what they will do. But what if not everyone decides to go back with them, if they decide to go? What will happen to their family, to their children, to their parents? What will happen to their community? The glories of the past are long gone, as this generation is one who has grown up in exile. They graduated during the Great Recession and are now facing ever-increasing expenses that make it impossible to get ahead in the ways of the past. Things have changed and are still changing. There is great personal risk. What will the future hold? This is the context that the second book of Isaiah starts in. In Isaiah 40, 1 through 5. Here's what it says. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I've heard it said that we shouldn't read passages like this and compare it to our day and our experience. I mean, in a 21st century, first world culture, how can we begin to understand the hardship, the exile, the political situation, and the plight of a post-exilic Jewish immigrant? Would we be so daring to try and say the words, comfort, oh, comfort my people, were what God would really say to us today. 
These words are spoken in such a different context to such a different group of people. And not only that, but we today have so many added comforts that are now available to us. It is concluded in this line of thinking that God's words to us today might even be the opposite of those words. Maybe the gist of it would be something like, work harder, <coughs> do more, get it done, be thankful for what you have, raise those valleys, you ungrateful consumers, lower those mountains, you privileged brats. But to say that we are so much better off and that we should be thankful and do more is not a biblical position. It is a cultural perspective. I personally think that these are shame-inducing narratives that do not see clearly and prophetically the obvious connections between post-exilic Babylon and 2019 Christmas time in Nashville, Tennessee. We may have an abundance of food, but it is not food that is good, wholesome food. It is poor, cheap food that makes us physically and even mentally ill. We do have an abundance of goods, but they are not goods that are good for us or for the world. They are cheap comforts produced in anxiety from product, idea, to purchase. We live in 21st century America, yes, but America is in debt. It is politically divided. It is experiencing unprecedented rates of mental illness among young people, anxiety among children, suicide and cell phone addiction are on the rise. What we were told yesterday's well, what we were told were yesterday's issues of uh, racism, um, sexism, uh, exclusivism are still culprits very much at large in our society. Personally, we all seem to be struggling with some sort of physical, mental, or societal anxiety that interrupts our sleep, makes it difficult to breathe, commands our heart to beat too quickly in our chest, makes our mind race. Our minds mirror our thumbs as we scroll quickly through this literal, never-ending feed of 24-hour views that we wear on our bodies at all times. I found out this week, not intentionally, but I just found out that there are literally a million times more microplastics in our oceans than we realized. I found out that there is a frightening rise in low income and low paying jobs. And since the last Microsoft update on my computer, somehow, and for some reason, I cannot unsubscribe from news updates that get sent directly to my desktop, where I've been being updated all week on mass shootings, on uh, escape from juvenile delinquent centers, and any other random thing that this private company has decided to send directly into the front of my desktop screen. If our experience is not one of exile, then I don't really know what exile would look like for us today. Maybe it's not altogether untrue that we should be more grateful. 
Well, let's not use that platitude to ignore the real feelings of people. I wonder how many of us would even confess to experiencing anxiety, fear, or worry just this week. If the anonymous writer of Isaiah 40 were here to speak to us today, I wonder what he or she would actually say. On Wednesday night, all the children were here. And I was here to tell them a story. And I came down in this room. We had said we were going to meet in this room to eat and to share the story together. But as I came in, I was looking around, and I was sort of confronted by the fact that there was no place in this room for us to sit down and hear the story. There was no comfortable spot where we could kind of fill our circle to hear our story. And so me and my daughter's story ran upstairs and got the godly play rugs and brought them back down. But we decided that that even wasn't good enough. So we decided finally that we were just going to go upstairs to hear our story. We needed something big and soft and comfortable to sit on. Because otherwise the kids wouldn't have been able to hear well. The implicit messages I hear for Christians at Christmas time are often things like this. Do better practices. The ones of the past are not good enough. Buy better gifts. The gifts of the past were enslaving and inconsistent with the message of Christ. If you are worried, then you are not doing enough. Do more to cure your worry. This morning, our passage provides a more biblically sound message for a culture of Christians in exile. And may you have ears to hear it. Comfort. Comfort my people. The valleys raised up and the mountains made low may be about justice, but the experience of that is comfort. It is not up to this anxiety-ridden culture to convert themselves and change the world, but it is the environment that these people live in that needs to be converted and a whole new world order that needs to be established. My friend um, that I used to work with at Romanian, his name is Jeff, and he wrote an article on this week that I read. It was so good. <coughs> and it was about how he said it was, it was um, titled The Solution to Homelessness is a Conversion Experience. But when you read the article, you realize that it was not at all a conversion experience in the way that we think of a conversion experience. For it wasn't those experiencing homelessness that my friend Jeff was saying needed to be converted, but rather everyone who was not experiencing homelessness. That it was those who were not experiencing homelessness that could create, through a shift in perspective, through a conversion experience, a whole new world for those who are experiencing homelessness. 
And that that itself would be the solution. See, it is not up for the up to the people who are experiencing exile and suffering to convert themselves to change the world. But it is the environment that these people live in that needs to be converted. If the conversion comes, it does not come from the ranks of the anxious, but rather it comes for them. It comes for those who are in exile. Comfort. Comfort my people. It is God's job to make the valleys rise and the mountains lower. And the glory of the Lord is at hand when the landscape changes for the people of God in exile. When what used to be uphill battles feels rather like an evening stroll. When what used to feel like a slippery slope feels rather like a slip and slide. When the mountains have been made low and the valleys have been raised up. When the disparities between people have become rather like an even playing field. Then the glory of the Lord can be revealed. Comfort is felt and wholeness can be the path. Do not be deceived. It is not by our power, our perfect responses, our purchases, our plans, our parties, our protections, our preparations, or our pain by which this great leveling comfort comes. It is rather the work of the Lord. It is provision rather unlike St. Nicholas's Day's provision. I hope you all saw the video that was posted on Facebook of Caleb coming to the door at St. Nicholas this week. It was caught on a ring doorbell. It's on, Ch- it's on Chelsea's Facebook if you want to look at it. Hashtag doppelganger. Yeah. So it's rather unlike that experience where we tell the children, Be sure and leave your shoes out on Thursday night because St. Nicholas might come by. I hope he does. And then Caleb runs around in the dark of night making it happen. (laughs) It's rather unlike that. Hmm. This provision, this comfort, is actual comfort that we don't have to work for. It is a relief and a true hope that things will change and that it's not dependent on us making it happen. On Wednesday night, we had no rug. But on Thursday morning, I was driving to Dublin Bakery to meet Aaron. And I was driving through Wedgwood, Houston, and right outside of one of the new builds, right next to the trash can, was rolled out. Roll out this beauty. <laughs> and I told Aaron, I'm sorry I was three minutes late, but I think you'll be proud of why. I was very proud. <laughs> and I turned that car around, and I opened the van door, and I threw it in. <laughs> and I brought it, I told Caleb later, he said, in not all my years of hauling, I've never kept a rug. I doubt that it's worth keeping. I said, well, I unrolled it part of the way, and it looked pretty good. <laughs> so, 
I just want you to have some context of what a mir- real miracle this rug is. Could it be that the thing that God wants you to do this season is actually just receive the comfort that you need? To hear the voice of God's comfort and have hope in God's provision. Not to go around in the dark trying to make it happen for yourself or for others. Maybe for us in December in Nashville in 2019, a better, more appropriate, adamant question than what do you believe God wants you to do this season is are you receiving the comfort of the Lord in the exile you are in? What are you worried about? What do you have anxiety about? Are you receiving the comfort of the Lord in the exile you are in? Can you let God have your worries? Can you let those mountains seem a little less ominous than they feel? Can you let those valleys seem a little less shameful than they feel? Can you let the ever-changing desert sands be surrendered to this pathway, this even playing field, this level, whole new world? So some of you know, because you were there, that my my daughter daily had a birthday party yesterday. And uh, it was originally a Frozen 2 party, but after seeing the new live action Aladdin, she decided that she wanted a, a genie cake. Um, only the new genie, so yes, the blue Will Smith cake is what my four-year-old wanted for her birthday. <laughs> um, which we did our best at, and I'd say it was pretty good. Um, but as that is also the soundtrack of choice in our house right now, um, I've, had the, I've had the song, A Whole New World, stuck in my head. All week. Um, And I wonder, and maybe it's a stretch, maybe it's a stretch that I'm making because this song has been stuck in my head, but, but I wonder, I wonder if leaning into this comfort, this calm, hope, huga, unhurried, and rug comfort this season. In the season of exile, could it be that those are the things that God actually might use to make the whole new world that we want to see? Could it be that this is really that it is really not up to us to be cured and healed, but that in receiving the comfort we need, that it actually does change some things for us anyway. That in stepping off the ledge, or I can't remember exactly in the movie movie how Jasmine does it, if she steps up, whatever it is, it's a leap of faith, right? 
It's a leap of faith to step onto the magic carpet. But when she does, it changes her perspective. A whole new world. Raised up valleys, made low mountains. A whole new point of view. Could receiving comfort, not doing comfort, not like escaping from your life, but could receiving comfort be prophetic? Be like a voice calling out. Could receiving the comfort of the Lord be a conduit on the magic carpet to the whole new world, the Savior incarnate? Okay, pick up your pens again for question two, which is actually three questions, but you can respond to whichever of it feels more right. Write the first word that comes to your mind when I ask the following three questions. What are you worried about? Where are you in exile? Where, what has your anxiety attached to? You're supposed to write down the word. The first word that comes to mind. Are you receiving the comfort of the Lord in the exile you were in this morning? Comfort. Oh, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term. That her penalty is paid. That she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we call you Father. And sometimes we even call you Mother. We are so not good at trusting and receiving your comfort. Comfort that we did not work for. Comfort that we did not earn. And in this anxiety-ridden culture of exile, I pray that your Holy Spirit would change our hearts, 
that you would give us the desire, the desire to be able to receive the gifts you have to give to us this season. We confess that maybe that might be the most prophetic thing you can do. It is your grace, oh Lord, to receive your gifts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.